<laughs> there we go. Okay. So, oh, and you can go live on Facebook and on YouTube from you. From this Zoom. is it. This is it. Yeah. So we've got to start doing these in the Facebook group, by the way, I, I think both of you are in the Facebook group Our rediscover you healthy, fit and free is our free Facebook group. Thank you everybody for joining us today live. This is exciting. Um, so we are kind of on a new adventure. Um, and it's totally something exciting because I think Kels and I have a lot of different things to share, different perspectives. And, you know, there's only so much that you can share, like in a post, there's only so much that can go in a story, like, you know, time constraints. Uh, and so we just wanted to have a platform that would allow us to use our knowledge and wisdom and things that have worked for us. And hopefully um, as much as possible, like let people know that they're not alone and that this is like, something like food and eating and body issues are things that people deal with all the time. Um, and it doesn't have to be something where you're in your closet and like, feel like you're living by yourself and just going through it alone. So, um, we hope that we can start to normalize these things, um, because they can be talked about and it doesn't have to be taboo. Uh, so yeah, we can kind of start out with introductions. Kelsey, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so yeah, so my name's Kelsey Wiebe and I started my journey. Let's see. So I, I worked as a personal trainer for over 10 years in mostly in Colorado and, and some in New Zealand. Um, and at the time I just, my whole world was wrapped around fitness and looking a certain way. And all of my self-worth was wrapped up in the way that my body looked and it took me a long time, but it was finally around. I so clearly remember, um, like when I was my 31st birthday, I was on this journey of trying to figure out like to stop this, like eating clean all day. And then just losing <laughs> all control at night. Like that's how it kept going over and over and over again for years. Mm -hmm. Um, like, and so, and, and I had struggled a little bit, um, before then, like, so at 12 or 13, I had struggled with anorexia, um, and just really getting to a point that I just wanted to be as small as possible. And that was a struggle. And then eventually healed a little bit from that, but never really healed my relationship with food, just started eating more Then, as an adult, really struggling with binge eating and eventually in certain points, um, bulimia, um, and that was a real struggle for me to be this fitness professional and someone who was preaching health and feeling like an absolute hypocrite, because while on the outside, it looked like I had my little meal prep and everything was good to go. And I was super healthy and super like disciplined. But when I was alone, I was binge eating on like all of my roommates foods on peanut butter on all the things and just was completely out of control. And I clearly remember on my 31st birthday, um, was a big memory for me because, um, my friends had given me cakes for my 31st birthday, but I had already chosen to like indulge with like a pancake and anyway, and I ended up losing all control and eating all of the cakes and just becoming so, so sick and finally getting to this point where like, I need help. And I ended up calling my friend, uh, who's a registered dietitian for the army and like bestest of friends. And she introduced me to intuitive eating and that changed my whole world. She introduced me to two books. She introduced me to intuitive eating and to brain over binge. And those two books, along with other self-development, they, they absolutely 100% changed my life. I couldn't have done it without her support and, um, without just the encouragement from my, my friends and family and made this huge switch from rather than focusing on the way that I look to focusing on healing my relationship with food, which was so um, strange for me and so counterintuitive and to actually, it was really, really scary. This idea of stopping dieting, this idea of getting rid of my, my fitness pal, this idea of not tracking all of every calorie or every macro or not having some sort of a diet that I was following was absolutely terrifying. And so um, anyway, that's why I think for me is the biggest reason why I want to share this knowledge because I know how scary that journey can be, but it is so rewarding. Oh my gosh. What you gain, the memories, the ability to eat and then just move on with life, the no longer having guilt and shame and actually like just feeling the best in my body that I ever have. 
um, it's so, so worth it. So that's a little bit of my backstory. What about you, Miss Victoria? Um, and we can kind of, Kelsey, you know, has on her Instagram is, oh, yeah. uh, rediscover.u.free. Um, and she is very open about all of, um, her stuff and she has inspired me to be more open about my process and my recovery and my story. Um, because it has been something that has kind of been throughout most of my life. And I don't think that I would be going through that. I would had gone through any of that and not had like, like there's just something in my heart that I'm like, I have to share. Um, but a little backstory or a little bit of background on me. I'm 23. I live in Idaho. Um, and I am a nurse. I left the hospital scene. I now work from home. So it is lovely. And, um, the last few months have been basically like the only time that my body and my mind have not been in survival mode. And it has been like, literally all I'm focusing on is me, my relationship with my family, my husband, um, with my body, my work, my, my mental, like I'm literally just doing those things, um, and not trying to like cope with not trying to avoid the thing that I need to work on. Um, and so that's kind of my hope is that like through this process, um, it will be healing for me, but also like people will understand that it's, it's something that like, you just feel so much shame when you struggle with food and when you struggle with, um, like your relationship with your body. Uh, so I hope that it helps like that we are going to be talking about these things. I'd love to like, actually like diving into it. You and I, even though, okay, guys, she's like my sister and I do, I call you my sister. Like, <laughs> so I, I met Victoria on my brother's birthday. My brother and her were, were good friends from the hospital and we went to her parents have this lake house in Idaho. It's beautiful. And I met her on December 4th of 2021. So really recently, and we've just had this huge connection, but I think it'd be amazing for us to kind of go back even to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and you and I were talking, I was doing research for this upcoming pro for the program that we're doing now, um, and was asking you some questions and I'd love to kind of go back to where you were at that point. Um, so the irony of all of this, uh, I would say for the last three years, I have been working on my relationship with food and I've struggled with, um, it's kind of been different throughout different seasons of my life. Um, when I was like more in high school, it was, and like growing up, um, it was more of the like restriction. And then, you know, the fault, the after effect of that is a, a binge. Um, and then it really like the pendulum swung the complete opposite way when it was like, I can't get enough. Like my body wasn't, you know, feeling any type of fullness, like there was nothing there. Um, and so I had kind of gotten to a point, um, in November, I was completely, I, I mean, for like, I would say like for an entire year felt so disconnected from my body. Like my mm -hmm. soul was like this awesome, amazing person, the Victoria that, you know, people know and love, but it didn't match up to my body. And mm -hmm. I was like, I just like, I'm just going to be living in this body for the rest of my life. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I ended up <laughs> doing a diet, like a crash diet, a horrible, horrible crash. Can, diet. can we call it out? Can, cause like, I just yes. need people to, <laughs> yes. Um, Octavia, Octavia, yes. whatever the heck and Bob you want to call it. Um, expensive way to starve yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. Yeah. I lost, you know, weight, but I knew, I knew that I wanted at the end of the day, I wanted to heal my relationship with food and my body. And I wanted to be comfortable enough that I could help somebody else do that. And I mm -hmm. can't be doing that if I am dieting <laughs> and yes. I know I've read intuitive eating. I've been in, like, I have done, like, we can kind of get into that later. Um, but I've done all the things I know the things and I just I literally felt like, why am I doing this if mm -hmm. my hope is to make peace with food? Yes. And my hope is to like 
connect back to my body and to feel good in my, you know, it was just completely. But it, it makes sense because like, even though we want to reconnect to our body, there's this fear. And I know that's what you like this fear of more weight gain because in one of like, I think that that is something that you had experienced that like your, your first go around with treatment, you had gained weight and that, that was super, super scary. Um, now I would, I don't, and I, you can totally talk about how that happened or what you think. Um, so I, I mean, the, the whole reason that there is a, you know, eating disorder or disordered eating around binge eating is because there was restriction at some point in somebody's yes. life. Um, it doesn't like it, there, it doesn't make sense why that would have, like, it's literally your body just trying to, to survive. survive. Um, and so all growing up, like, I, I think I'm trying, I tried to actually think about it today. Like what was the first diet I ever did? And it was the cabbage soup diet. Oh, fun. Fun. Like, How old were you? I was like, probably like six or seven. Oh, you're so I'm just, young. I'm just, you started I so young. Think, I was trying to think today, like what? I think it was around that time. Um, <laughs> cabbage soup, like what? And so like all my life, I've been in a bigger body and I know that I'm not going to be like a Kelsey, like Kelsey, you know, lives in a different body than I do. And I think that it's so cool um, that we have this relationship because we have both struggled with the same thing and it just shows like it, you can have disordered eating and that issue in whatever side, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't, there's nothing, um, there's not like a cookie cutter shape that it fits into. And so, um, again, like always in a bigger body and was always just trying to be smaller, always trying to lose weight. I always had like I just remember like feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to suck in my stomach. Like all these just things that when you're seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, you should not be thinking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and so it really, it really does distort your view of, you know, yourself and, um, just like your ability to have a relationship with yourself. Uh, and so like in high school, I, it was a little bit more of the restricting and there would be some binging in between. Um, and that wasn't really distressing. Like it's restricting to me. Wasn't distressing. Right. No, it, it's normalized. Yes. It's, I'm in, it's a false sense of control. Yes. So like when I was, I was talking to my therapist one day and we were talking about like, eat, like behaviors basically. And what have you engaged in? And I, I was late, I was putting morality to this and we, I would love to talk about like food and morality and like that attachment. Um, but I'll just say it now. Like I thought binging was bad and it caused me distress and restricting was good because it made me smaller and Mm -hmm. it, the scale. And so, and she was like, no, those are both ineffective coping behaviors. There it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not one is good or bad. They're both ineffective. Um, and so when I got into college, I moved out of the house. I went to San Diego. Um, and I had, a, I loved college. I was in nursing school. It was probably like four of the hardest, you know, strenuous years in my brain. Um, you know, both like trying to keep it together with nursing school. And then also like all of this eating stuff just kind of like almost came out of nowhere because, I could, I could deal with the restriction and like sometimes having a binge here or there, but when it's happening, like clockwork and, and realizing like, it's just a cycle. And, and then at that point it's a habit loop and it's just this never ending. It's literally just never ending. Um, and so I was just, I remember I took a, a nutrition class and my diet, the the teacher was talking about eating disorders and I was just sitting there like, thank you for calling me out, but what the heck am I going to do? Like, I don't have this, I don't have time. And so she ended up referring me to a therapist that specialized in, um, all things eating related and whatnot. Your professor did. mm -hmm. 
Okay. And my professor also struggled with an eating disorder. So she was very attuned to certain things. Um, was she was very well informed, you know, as she was teaching. And she's like, I have somebody amazing that you can go to. And she was amazing. And it kind of got to a point where she's like, I think you need a little bit higher level of care. Um, you know, like she was basically like, we could sit here for three years and try to solve this. And I was like, I don't have, I don't have three years. Like I don't have time to sit here and go through. It's just, I don't have time for that. And I, I physically can't, like, I feel like I'm going to die like that. It was just so, it just felt so, um, like I was in the bottom of a pit and I literally couldn't get out. So I ended up going to treatment that summer. Um, were you full-time or were you part-time? How did that treatment go? And that was in San Diego. Yeah. So I, um, it was in the summer, so it was, um, it was all day. So we would have, um, actually it was, it was all day for a few weeks. And then I went to, um, like a, a step down and it was, uh, like I would have one meal with them and then we would do some type of therapy. Um, they were more focused on DBT dialectical behavioral therapy and they did a little bit of CBT. Um, and then we did some like self-compassion type stuff as well. So it's been a long time coming, man. (laughs) No. And, but that was one treat because you went to two treatments. yeah? Yeah. So, um, my, my husband and I moved to, to San Diego, we moved to Idaho and it's so hard to keep track of everything, but we moved to Idaho. I got my, I was a nurse, um, in the ER and I was on night shift and all of my eating stuff started like bubbling up again. And, you know, there's just seasons where it would be a little bit quieter, but I would just ignore it or I would add something else to my schedule to not have to deal with it. Um, it was always something, right? So I was working nights in the ER, struggling again, same problems. And I was, I told my husband, I was like, I have to, I I can't just do therapy there. I have to do it again. Like I, there's just no way. Um, and it was to the point where, yeah, it was, it was just bad. So I ended up doing like, I was seeing a therapist, like an outpatient therapist there. And she got me into connection, um, with the team and it was, I ended up actually like leaving, um, a few months in because I was working night shift and I would get off at seven and then go from eight till like two or three or like one or two. And then I would sleep for a few hours and then go back to work. I couldn't believe they took you in with not enough sleep. So, yeah, I mean, every, everybody thought I was absolutely crazy, but at the time I was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how to function, um, when eating and that kind of stuff is so distressing to me. And so, you know, I, I believe that I gained great tools. I gained a lot of knowledge and all of those things, but I was, it never clicked until I let my body just be and my mind just be. Um, and because I was always just like running around, (laughs) just running around. That's huge. And and actually this is something we're going to be going over in module seven in is talking about Mm self-acceptance. And I think that there's sometimes this um, fear that self-acceptance means apathy means not caring anymore. Um, but I would really love for you to kind of dive in a little bit more into that, just being just like letting things be, what did that mean to you? Well, you kind of touched on it, um, already, but like never like me knowing now I'm never going to be on another diet. I will, it's the living in the gray. And I think that that has a lot to do with the self-acceptance, um, because, if you were to ask me when the day that we met, like if, if nothing else was to change, like, would you be okay with who you are for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. But now that I've been like doing the work I've been, I, I initially like accepted like, yeah, this is a struggle in my life, but I don't have to live here forever. I don't have to stay in one place forever. Um, 
it, it was just that it was that, you know, there, there was some type, there was a little bit of like compassion wrapped around it. Yeah. Like I, in the time that I was growing up, like it was the Britney Spears, the Jessica Simpson, like the mm-hmm. super skinny, like, or low fat diet. Like I, I didn't really know better and mm-hmm. to not blame people to not blame anyone, but just to say like, this world is infested with diet culture and it is like almost accepting, but like wrapped in compassion of like, it's Mm -hmm. okay. And to then be like, where can I go from here? And I wasn't able, I mean, Kelsey and I, the night that we met had, it was just ridiculous. It was was hours of conversation, (laughs) but I never like the, the thought of, focusing on the person that I want to be and the things that that person would do was the, it had never been said to me one time and all of the therapy and all Mm -hmm. of the dietitian appointments in group therapy and whatever it was never once was that the focus. I I remember that. Like, I, I remember that was one of the biggest things you said. You're just like, I know that this will forever be my thorn in my side, or this will be my cross to bear. This is just my, my experience. And I'm just hoping that the voice can just be lowered. Mm-hmm. And I asked you like, what if, what if it didn't have to be that way? Mm-hmm. Like, and this idea of like, what if recovery was possible for you? And like, if you were recovered, if I am recovered, how does that person act? And then how can I start acting as if I'm already that person? And I know it sounds so like simplified, but it is a big deal when we change the way we talk about ourselves to ourselves. Mm -hmm. If you identify with your struggle, if you fully believe that you will forever struggle with your weight or you will forever struggle with food, you're right. And because you will continue to bring that into your presence, you will continue to bring that into your reality. But if you can believe and start talking as if you're already the person you want to be, Mm -hmm. I promise you, your behavior starts changing. Massive. I forgot about that. That was, I mean, that was pretty much, and then right after um, I started reading Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear, and that was just like a way to solidify that mentality and I was thinking the other day like there's no way that I could you know talk about these things because it's only been a few months but then I was thinking it's been a long time coming oh yeah <laughs> I Dude, mean the, oh my gosh it's like, been a long notes, time coming. it has like yeah. I, I remember I remember asking you I'm like what is it, Victoria? You know, this stuff, you know, all this stuff, you've got everything right. And she'd have notes of like, and I'm like, you know it, what, what isn't clicking. And I remember like one of the biggest things and why I love that we're doing this podcast and everything is like, for me, I've, I've had insecurities in the fact that I'm in a smaller body. And I feel like there's things that I'm not allowed to talk about, or I'm not allowed to have insecurities about because I'm in a smaller body. And for me, I've always like, I love being able to talk to you and have your perspective of someone who's been in a bigger body and how you have your own different insecurities. Like you felt like you weren't allowed to talk about your journey. Yeah. And I would also, I would also say that typically the, the myth is people that are smaller struggle with anorexia and people that are bigger have binge eating disorder or what, like, but if we're going to go back to it, the reality is when I was like in different treatment, the two places that I did go, there was every different type of person you could think of. And it, it did not matter. It literally did not matter. Um, one of the places I was the youngest person, which was interesting. Um, and all of them, you know, they were in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. And that was also hard to see because I knew in my heart, like, I can't, I can't live this way for the rest of my life. Like I have to figure this out. 
Um, and then at the other place here in Idaho, uh, there was a lot girls that were a lot younger than me. Um, and so it just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't discriminate in that, in that sense. And I also felt like I couldn't say that I was restricting at some point because I'm in a bigger, and so people are like, well, no, you've just been eating your whole life. Like, those are the things that go through that. I mean, at some point still go through my head, you know, it's a weight stigma. It's a weight, but they, I posted a story about this today or, or shared someone else's post talking about how, like, why do we call anorexia in a larger body atypical? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, it doesn't have to be that way. The whole point is that you're over restricting, that you're terrified of weight gain, that you're obsessive about calories and about becoming a smaller body. Like at that point, you should, you have those diagnoses. And obviously like guys, there is a, there's a, there's a range, there's a spectrum when it comes to disordered eating and eating disorders. But I will say that it keeps getting blurrier and blurrier with the inundation of diet culture. And I was actually listening to a podcast today. They were saying like, if you, if I think that, you know, the clinical diagnoses are, it doesn't matter if you've been clinically diagnosed or not. It, I, and I've never been clinically diagnosed, but I was full on. Yeah. But if, was you, if, if you are like having an issue with food and it is causing distress in your life, Mm-hmm. and affecting your relationships it's affecting your job it's it, it then you can work on it like there was almost this mentality um i think the problem uh with oh like the diagnosis like hyper identifying yes. with it is i'm not sick enough i've got to just go all out and i'm just yep. gonna, i'm just gonna get real sick yeah the real the reality is is that couldn't be further from the truth if it, if it's distressing to you, then that's something you need to work on. Yes. Um, and I think something that's also important is it's not all of you. You no. are so many other things. It's part of your story. Um, we're obviously choosing to be a little bit more open about it and help other people through that process. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't have to rule your life. It doesn't have to take up literally every aspect of your thinking. It doesn't have to do those things. No, not Um, at all. And I would say like another issue with a diagnosis I've seen sometimes with a couple of my clients um, is again, this completely identifying with it, that this is who I am. Well, I'm always going to struggle with this because Mm -hmm. this is who I am. And I would be careful with that with any diagnosis. Like whether it's an eating disorder or maybe it's an autoimmune disease or whatever else, like it is not who you are. Um, and the more we, we continue to identify it with it, the more we're going to act, act those things out. And it's going to become at the forefront of our mind. And it's, it's a part of your story. And I will like what I love about what we're doing here and what has been such a big deal for me and why I was so encouraging for you was I think when, there was a quote someone had sent me. I don't know who it's by, but it's like, um, if I'm not sharing it, I'm storing it and Mm -hmm. it gets heavy. And I really do think like, just like being able to articulate your emotions, just like being able to like, obviously share with the right people, which is why we have a community that it's safe to do so, but you sharing, it really just gives it like, it takes away the power Mm-hmm. It takes away the power. It makes it so it's not such a big deal. It's not such a burden. It's not so much on your shoulders. It's not this big, heavy, scary secret full of shame and guilt anymore. Like it's just a part of your journey. Um, and, and you'll realize again, and like our big tagline that we talk about in our rediscover you free program is you are not alone. Yeah. I know you can feel alone, but you are not alone yeah. for sure. And, and to kind of go off of that, like we had talked about, you know, at, in December, it felt like an open wound that was just getting like salt poured onto it. It was so painful. Um, I cried most of the time. I was like, what is this? I just met this girl. What am I doing? (laughs) Um, but actually that year in February of 2021, I had, that was when um, Taryn and I sat down. I've told you a little bit about her. She's a dear, dear friend to me. Um, 
and I we ended up planning to have lunch and I was just like I am struggling so hard I don't know what to do I I don't know if you have anything to say to me that would help like can we just have a conversation and we ended up talking that day uh and she was like you have to share you have to share because Mm -hmm. everybody you know when you see and I'm just trying I'm not trying to like over categorize I don't know what the word is but if you see somebody that's been, you know, they've healed their relationship with food and it's been like years and years and years and years, like sometimes they forget what it was like to feel like I literally can't move. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I can't do my daily things because like they just forget. Uh, I I will say 100%, which is why I'm so happy to have you here for myself. It's been two years for me and I have forgotten. It's like, and it's not a bad thing. Like, no, just on a different level of your journey, Mm -hmm. but it, I, I want, and so she was basically like you coming, she talks a lot about like being in the Valley and Mm -hmm. getting out of the Valley and, you know, I'm on my way up. Yep. It would be almost selfish of me to, to just hold this all in and wait until I feel like I've arrived. And Mm -hmm. that's just a level of like perfectionism that is trying to take hold. Uh, And that people don't necessarily, like that relation, that vulnerability, the connection is with somebody that you can say like, I have been there. I have those days. I like, there's usually, you know, a lot more good days than there are really tough days, you know, recently, but they're still there. Mm-hmm. And, um, to be able to kind of have, have my journey, like as I'm healing, also be able to speak to other people so that if they're also struggling, that they don't feel like they're literally the only person on the planet that struggles with food. Legit. <laughs> and, and as I'm, um, I was talking to her yesterday, like Taryn, um, like I am finding a version of myself that I literally have never, ever met in my entire life. It's the coolest thing for me to watch. Yeah. It's like, the coolest thing. Yeah. It almost makes me want to cry. Like I just, to think about it, I've just never been this way. Like mentally, it's just a different human. Dude, It's only been like you and I haven't even known each other for like three months. I know. Like, which is crazy. Crazy. And like it, for me, it's one of those things. Um, if you've ever, if anyone goes back into the, I have a client, Jen, she reminds me like when coming to me just with suicidal thoughts, like completely just in like completely encompassed with the shame of her past, um, struggled a bit with food, but that wasn't really the biggest reason why she came to me at the time, but to see where she is now, now she's like, putting, she's has a video and like, she's written out a whole speech for Ted talks. Oh my gosh. This wasn't, this was like in 12 weeks. Like, I mean, by the time she started getting the Ted talks, maybe it was like 16 weeks, but still going to this place and her biggest thing, she always had this passion to speak. This is desire to speak and to help others and inspire others. But she always told herself that she couldn't do it until she fixed her life until she fixed herself. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Like no one has it figured out. No one is perfect. Like, and her big thing that she had even, she came across is this whole idea of be it until you become it. Mm-hmm. Be it. It's not fake it till you make it. It is literally act as if be it until you become it. Take those small actions, take that leap of faith, share your story and just know that it's okay. Like that this is man, ever since you've started sharing more and being more open about it and going on this journey as a leader, right. It's just, it's just been massive. I, yeah. I'm so proud and, of you. And I think we should also touch on like, and we can do future podcasts about this, but what you were saying about Jen coming to you, like, it's not about the food ever. no. no. It is a symptom. (laughs) It's just a symptom of like 
just struggle, just human mm-hmm. struggle. And, and to know that it's not a defect or no. something that like, you're less of a person. I mean, I, I also had that mentality of, I will share my story. Once I fix myself, I will share my story when yada, yada, yada. Um, or I won't be able to do these things until I'm this weight or that right. weight, you know? Uh, and so to be able to just say like, and every time that you do open up to somebody about these types of things, it's crazy to see how many people are like, oh my gosh, I thought it was just me. Yes. And, um, and so I feel like in that sense, it's also rewarding to know that you're not just like spewing words out. There's like that relational aspect to it. Um, so yeah, it's just so much. There's so much. There's so, and I mean, there's so many things in places that I want to go with this. I don't know if we wanted to touch on some of that exposedness that we had talked mm-hmm. about before if you'd like to save it for another um, episode we can talk about it I would really like so again like I, like it's a completely in in the sense that I was able to hide I was able to hide all of my things like people were actually applauding my eating disorder they were like which is guys please be conscious about complimenting weight loss you have no idea what exactly you are complimenting i know melissa and i have talked about this a lot actually and how detrimental and toxic and it can be because you become so dependent on that external validation and that like the moment you then you're terrified of gaining weight or you, it really does like solidify this idea that all of your self-worth is in the way that you look and shrinking yourself. Um, but anyway, so I was in a body and in a place where I was able to hide. No one knew I had a problem or no one believed me that I had a problem. Um, I, cause I really, for, for years was just being like telling my, my roommates, they had to hide their food from me. Cause I, I just, I couldn't do it, but no one really believed me. Um, whereas you had a completely different experience and I'd love for you to touch on that. Yeah. And, and we can also like, just to kind of introduce this topic, um, Kelsey and I had a conversation, uh, with another person, um, that we are close with as well, um, about body dysmorphia. And for you, it was, it was like you thinking that your body was a lot bigger than it was. It was that distorted view. Yes. But for me, and I can, I'll get into it. I didn't realize what I was doing because I was so disconnected. Like I didn't realize what my body truly, I, I feel like I literally woke up and was like, Oh shoot. Where am I? Like, this is my boss. It was the, it's the weirdest thing to describe to you, but, um, for, I would say in a, in a pretty, not a lot of time, if we will, I put on, um, a lot of weight and it was fast and it was rapid and also really scary because I, um, did Olympic weightlifting. And I hope that that will be something that I can incorporate, um, back into my life eventually. Yeah. It's, it's kind of my, like, it really is, you know, something that I really identified with in high school and, and then college just came and I was, it was just a lot. So that, that to me was a very empowering time in my life because I felt good in my body and I wasn't necessarily like a really low body weight for my body. It wasn't, Um, I felt, I just felt good. And I was able to kind of hide it at that point because I was competing and it would like the binging would only happen every once in a while. It was, it was something that I was able to hide in my, in my perspective. Like I wasn't, you know, super skinny or whatever, thin, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I felt like I was able to kind of conceal it in a way. And then in the time period, um, in college and then post-grad, I literally just, this I would just, it just kept coming on and on and on and on. And I literally felt like I was walking around naked all the time. Like 
one, I feel, I remember just feeling like this world is not for me. Like I, I have to think about the chair size. I have to think about getting on an airplane. Like I don't want to be thinking about those things. Like I I just, I don't. And there are some people, um, that, you know, might have been my body weight that are completely comfortable, but I just felt like this angst, if you will, that I was literally just walking around naked all the time and that everybody knew like, oh, she has a problem. (laughs) And it was just this, but I felt exposed, but I never talked. (laughs) Like I never shared, I never, I felt so exposed that it just made me want to hide in a corner and, and just, it was a lot of self-talk. It's so hard to talk about because I can't even articulate it but I just felt like I was found out that I couldn't hide my struggle, Mm -hmm. that it was literally a physical representation of I'm struggling. Yeah. And, um, I actually had a, somebody put it to me in an interesting way. Like the weight was me trying to like push people away. Like that's literally what it felt like. And, um, Yeah. And so then I just, I mean, I really didn't realize until basically the end of last year, what the heck, like what just happened? I felt like I woke up from a bad dream and it was, yeah, it was just a very scary, you know, time. And yeah, I don't know how else to explain it than just exposed. And like, I found out I had that a, a similar um, feeling when my husband and I got married and I was living with another person and felt like, oh my gosh, like, what if they find, oh. what if they find, you know, yes. the, the roommate yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but that was just with him. And when my body was, you know, a, a lot bigger um, last year, that was a whole different experience because I literally just couldn't hide. It was just, everything was, I was just there. (laughs) And, and I want to get into this in another podcast, um, that, (laughs) and this is such a hard topic to talk about, but I know that like my body weight right now is not something that I want to be at forever. And that, you know, eventually when we are ready to have kids, like I want to have a safe pregnancy. I want to have like a safe, um, like a safe process. And I want to be healthy in that way. Um, but I, I, I truly felt like in therapy and all of those things, I could never bring up that I wanted to lose some weight. And it's such a touchy subject. Like, I know. I remember you with me. You're just like, well, I'm going to tell you something that you don't want to hear. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. It, it's such a, it's such a touchy subject and it's hard to navigate because as my body weight is slowly going down, mm-hmm. that's not my priority. Like exactly. my priority are the habits that I'm implementing. Exactly. And the byproduct of that is that my body's releasing weight that it's been holding on to for years. But that's, that's for me. Like, and I, I remember saying like, I will never tell you that you can't want weight loss. Yeah. I understand the society that we live in. I understand that, like you said, like to feel comfortable on an airplane, like to this, this, these are things, right? Like I, and no matter what, I know if I tell you, you can't want something or can't have something, you're going to dig your heels in and fight me on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that at all. What we do, and, and as you know, is we take a weight neutral approach in the sense that we are focusing on health promoting behaviors and habits, and we're putting weight loss on the shelf. It is secondary. Our primary focus is to heal our relationship with food. Our primary focus is to heal our relationship with our body and build trust with it. Mm-hmm. Our primary focus is to build our relationship and heal our relationship with ourselves by following through on the promises and small commitments that we make to ourselves. And that weight loss, more often, I've seen it. I've seen it when you don't focus on it, then your body can actually naturally release it and find that natural byproduct. 
but I will never promise you it because it everyone's in a different body. Mm-hmm. And I think like an, an amazing like example of this, I always turn to, if anyone's ever heard of Stephanie Buttermore, I absolutely love her story. And again, like she talks about intuitive eating and overall she did have weight gain, but her body needed it. Yeah. Like her, like you will find your natural set point. And yeah. I'm not saying like, it will always be like, you're not trying to get to like whatever you, you just want to be at a weight again, where you were in college In college didn't mean you were skinny, mini, whatever else, yeah. but you felt good and you were strong and you were able to do the things that you wanted to do. And I think that that's like that I know is 100% possible. Yeah. And it's such a touchy subject in, and almost like when we were, when you were talking, like the first thing that came up was, and I never thought about this. If I'm not able to lose weight and heal my relationship with food, then F it just eat whatever you want. Just continue to binge, just screw it. It doesn't matter because you're never going to be, because it was almost like literally that if you want to heal your relationship with food, you cannot lose weight. Mm. And it was, it was just like, well then, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna binge all the time. And, And at that point, it's not, it's not even there's something triggering the bin. It's literally just a habit at that point. Like exactly. Oh my gosh. I never thought of it that way, but that was definitely my mentality for a while without really. Like if I can't, then what's the point then? And, and it just, again, all I'm ever asking is just put it on the shelf, Mm -hmm. make the primary goal, how you want your body to feel. And that's the same thing. Like And I've had a client here recently who was struggling a little bit with this idea. Like she's almost like testing herself. She's like, well, I know I have, I can, I have unconditional permission with food. I know I can eat whatever I want. Well, maybe can I control myself to only have one or two? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You were not. Yes. The whole point is you have unconditional permission with food. So you can always have it later. But the question is, do you really want it right now? You can have it anytime you can have it morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner, middle of the night. I don't care. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. So then the question comes, is it really what you want right now? Yeah. Is it really what your body is telling you it wants right now? Because we're building that relationship. I would say with two things, building that relationship with your body and building that relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And like you just trying to like test yourself. Is that even you listening to your body? Yeah. And the, the ability to, I mean, we talk about it a lot with clients and stuff, but the structured flexibility of having set things in your life, in your day to day that you enjoy doing, having those staple foods, having, you know, certain routines, but if there's a situation that comes up and, you know, I remember like the other night I had a family friend text us, my husband and I, and was like, Hey, you want to go grab dinner? Two years ago, I would have been like, one, I'm not eating all day. Yep. <laughs> Cause yep. I'm going to go. Woo! That'll, that'll Is make that sense. <laughs> um, and oh my gosh, I've already ate so much. Like I'm really just going to have to get a really small portion. Like it would throw me off. Like I was on a balance beam, like just knock me over. Um, And to just be like, yeah, would love to like every eating experience is an individual experience. Ah, yes. And and we will get into all of this, right? Like almost at an hour, but every eating experience is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was just talking to one of the gals in our group, uh, yesterday, and we were talking about binging and I, strictly, or I strictly, I uh, vaguely remembered a memory from my first uh, therapist that I had. And she said, like, what is the most distressing thing to you? And I said, binging and the way that I feel and the hiding and the shame. It's just that if I never binge a day in my life, I would be just overjoyed. Yep. And I physically felt like, and mentally felt like it was impossible for me to go like a week without, um, giving into some form of, uh, ineffective coping eating behavior. And, I was telling this person, like, if you keep saying 
I'm never going to have a binge again. You are literally just setting yourself up for failure. Oh, and thank you. That, and not that binges are a failure. It, and yeah. I was telling her, like, it is a learning experience. Yeah. It's either good nor bad. Let's yeah. talk about what happened before that. Let's talk about what happened after. And how did you take care of yourself after? How did you, yeah. like, did you have those, those like non-negotiables in place that day? Was something off? Did something happen at work? And to just use it as like, oh, it is a data point of like, I know what's going to happen. Yes. To potentially the way that I, my tendencies are in this situation. Yes. Um, and I don't, I, I don't even know when the last time was, I mean, I know it was like months ago, but yeah, but I'm not keeping track because if it does happen again in my life, okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like this is massive. And I, I feel like this is something we, we definitely at some point need to talk about like why, because this just happened with a client yesterday. She had a setback because she was, and I didn't even realize that she was doing it, but she was counting the days since her last binge. And I'm like, stop it. Yep. Like, I know you and I talk about tracking our habits and behaviors and different things, but we cannot track because what we've done then is we basically, like you said, have set us ourselves up for failure because the moment we quote unquote binge or fall off the wagon or whatever, now we failed. Mm -hmm. Now we're no longer perfect. We're aiming for this perfection. And it's that growth and fixed mindset, recognizing that not again, this isn't failure, um, but recognizing that this is a moment of feedback. This is an opportunity for me to learn. This is a practice. And I, it doesn't have to identify me. Like it doesn't have to define who I am uh, or mean that I'm never going to figure this thing out. Um, but that this is just a moment. I, I'm glad you were there. There's a girl, um, that's on Instagram. I think her, she has binge eating disorder and she's very open about it. Um, her account is called Sam starts here. Mm. And I followed her since I think like 2019, um, but she had gone like three, like over a year without binging. And yesterday she came online and was like, it happened. Like, and there was like, obviously no judgment towards her, right. but there was this understanding of like, what would your life look like if you knew that a binge was a possibility, but you knew how to pick yourself up afterwards? Yes. Like huge, can you, can you be okay with that? And the reason that most people aren't okay with that, the reason I wasn't okay with that is because I was so black and white. So all or nothing that it either had to be, I was never going to binge another day in my life or I'm doing it all the time. Yep. And that's, but that's diet mentality. Diet mentality teaches you that like things like whole 30 teaches you that, Mm -hmm. but the moment you mess up, you have to start the whole 30 days again. Like your, your entire, your, your integrity, your, your character is now compromised because you messed up. Like that is just, it's just so it's crazy. I think our next episode, we'll probably talk about morality and attaching food. Um, and we can touch on orthorexia and all that stuff because that was a very, um, key like that was a, a really big element that I had to release and mm-hmm. and learn mm-hmm. so I think that I would love that your next topic um do yeah. you oh I think somebody else is hopping on but oh that's um, fun <laughs> um I'm, so I'm putting yeah. you in charge of it you're the host <laughs> yeah so that's kind of I mean Wow, we covered a lot. <laughs> we did. Do are there any questions? Yeah, like anything? Any and you can either unmute if you want, or you can just yeah. it and we can kind of just answer a few questions. Um this was fun. I'm glad they did kind this. Of scary, but you can ask questions. I remember like always feeling like in therapy, um, you know, it's usually 50 minutes, and I'm like, I have so much I want to talk about. Like mm-hmm. And I had like so many questions and I was never able to like get my full, I, I, can I have like a two hour session? Cause I just want to talk. I just want to talk. I know. Um, anybody we got any questions at all? Um, but yeah, 
I don't, I don't know when we're going to record our next one. I'm going to Cancun on Tuesday. Um, but I definitely would like to get into a regular schedule. It's really cool that so many people were able to meet us live. I, I don't know if we want to continue doing them live or. I think it would be cool. I think, I don't know. We're not really like podcasters folks. Like this was just the, literally, I think we decided on Wednesday. Um, but I'm hoping that as time goes on, we can get, you know, other people that are in this space to come on. Um, oh, thank you, Emily. Oh, thank you, Emily. Emily actually is just started reading intuitive eating. Woo-hoo! And so I'm curious to see when she's done with the book, how, how she liked it. I, I remember first reading it and I was, I almost wanted to burn the book because I was like, this is all the stuff that I don't want somebody to tell me. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. You've got to be ready for it. Yeah. You have to be. And it took me a little while too, which speaking of, so we are doing, a, do we want to do, I guess we'll call it a workshop. Um, I, let's see. Um, and it, <laughs> an intuitive eating workshop mm-hmm. um, where we're going to be deep diving into, I did this last year. I called it mindful eating challenge last year. I believe Melissa was with me. Um, and I'm, we're going to be going over it live more details to come. It will be the third week of March. So coming up, Um, and we're going to be breaking down all the things like to help you if you've had like late night cravings, um, or if you're struggling with late night eating, um, or if you're struggling with cravings, how to deal with emotions without turning to food. Mm -hmm. Um, and then basically just teaching you how to have peace with food and food freedom for life. Um, so we'll kind of go into that. If you guys would like to join us for that, um, love to have you guys love Love to have you, um, We'll probably host it either here or in the Facebook group, but um. do you guys have any, Megan, I know you just hopped on. I think she's in a different time zone. So maybe she got it flipped, but oh. we just filmed like most of it. But do you have any questions that we could answer for you that are specific to, I mean, I kind of like put it in our Instagram story yesterday, Kels, but like I feel like this will generally be like mind, body, mindset, food, like it will kind of be all of that stuff. And hopefully in the future we can have like a QA and a podcast, like where we literally just podcast episode where we just answer people's questions. That would be so Uh, cool. Yeah. So if you guys are, uh, actually, if you want to drop your guys' emails, we can stop recording um in just a second fun you yeah oh oh do we oh somebody on. just knocked off that's why I was like wait what um but yeah oh, we, Melissa, will, we will Sorry, hopefully be um filming after Kelsey uh gets back from Cancun and hopefully we can kind of have some consistency with it as far as getting episodes out and just being a resource to you guys I am a podcast junkie um, I'm always listening to something. Kelsey's like, you listen to them way too much. You I can- love it. No, I I'm usually, but so we're also going to be posting these on YouTube because I actually don't do as many podcasts as I listen to, even though it's a podcast, it's the same thing. For some reason I watch it on YouTube. Yeah. So that's, that's my world. Um, so we'll make sure that both are available. Yes. Yeah. And is, and we'll try to our best to get on as many different like podcasting platforms as possible so that it's accessible and uh, once that will be, we'll edit this and everything, and then it will be um, up on the links in our bio. You guys can follow our Instagram. It's uh, foodforthought.thepod on Instagram. It. It, it, I was like, the pod, that just sounds interesting. I want to know. I know, let's just take it. <laughs> um, and then Kelsey's at rediscover.u.free. And we will also link the books that we mentioned um, Mm. so that you guys can get those books. Like without a doubt, you have to read Intuitive Eating um, and Atomic Habits. Literally just life-changing. What was the other one you said? Brain Over Binge. Brain Over Binge. Those are my three. I I put them in every follow-up email or anything. Like Mm -hmm. guys, those those three books absolutely changed my life. I, I need to reread that book because remember I had my like, I was like, I didn't like it oh. when I first read it, but I feel like, I mean, I- don't get me wrong. I have like ons and off. I mean, talk, I like her podcast a lot better than even just the book, but for me, what brain over binge was is 
it was the first time someone could describe a binge that I could actually, I was just like, Oh my God, I literally thought I was the only one that experienced food like this. And then it was just this moment of like, Oh, okay. This makes more sense. Uh, My only thing with her sometimes is like, I think sometimes she can give the idea that it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, where can we get, uh, Amazon? Yes. Um, definitely on Amazon. I I've done the audiobooks. I've got, um, Megan, Megan, if you, I can send if, them to you. If hey, I was about to say, if you drop your email, Megan, I actually have an email already designed, ready to go. And it has links to my YouTube channel and to, um, Instagram and to our free Facebook group, rediscover you healthy, fit and free. So if you put your email address in, I will send you all the things. And you guys can stay on here. Um, I'm going to stop recording, but we will see everyone in the next episode and talk to you later. Thank you.